Hello, my dear curious friend. Welcome to another episode of the Curious Power Podcast Sessions. Now, a quick disclaimer at the very beginning. Probably would be better if you watch this episode on YouTube instead of listening here. The reason for that is because I have invited a very good cityscape photographer. And he's going to tell us a few locations, well, three locations that are really great for taking a super shot of the cityscape of London. Locations that you cannot find on other websites. No, no, no. Locations that are a bit less known, less popular, but really, really good. And, well, a couple of them quite easy to access. Hello, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Hello, Pavel. I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. I'm, I'm really excited. I know you for a while. We met probably two times, one or two times we met. And it's it's always a pleasure to follow your social media journey. You're posting some crazy photos. Well, I wouldn't say crazy, but they're really aesthetic landscapes. And I really enjoy them when I see them. Um, so I just Thank want you. to bring you on board here, you know, introduce you because I just... I don't really like to bring only travelers, but I want to bring great people. And you are really an amazing person. So I just want to talk about your journey. You know, I mean, how all this happened because you have quite a good following. Uh, you work with brands. You're really focused on the photography. So how all this happened, Michael? Oh, it uh, all happened, I guess, when I first started enjoying photography and I was looking for for the things that I like about photography um, my, my current sort of genre of interest uh, that being architecture time lapses and um, cityscapes um, that wasn't the first thing that I started within photography I've um, I've shot weddings I've shot sort of events and um, um, things happening at venues uh, that should some sport photography as well. Um, and it all eventually sort of led to me discovering what I like to shoot in my spare time when there was no clients paying me. Um, and I, I found myself shooting more and more of skylines and uh, jumping into time lapses and learning about that and shooting architecture of like really cool buildings, interiors and exteriors. And that sort of, started opening things up for me uh, and um, at that time I started to basically shut down all the other work that I did because the work was sort of coming through mouth word of mouth um, and I was enjoying some of it weddings I was enjoying shooting but not the business side of weddings because that was just horrible the, the couples me and a friend were getting were just like leaving the last budget uh, for photography while paying everyone over the top you know, you know what the wedding business can be like. I guess everyone's heard the bad stories. Yeah, been through lots of them. So, so that I wasn't enjoying. So, when I could narrow down my interest to to match um, what I like doing uh, and and do that for a living, uh, that was that was fantastic. And uh, I guess thanks to Instagram and um, some of the work that I've had over other social media, that that opened up for me quite a lot in the last six years. Okay, so oh, I, I learned something new because I thought 
the, you, you mentioned cityscapes. I thought this is also considered landscapes, but now I imagine landscapes is more like nature. Uh, probably, yeah. There's no strict, I think, naming convention. I, I say cityscapes because in most of my photos, I, I do focus on, on some architecture in the photos. I absolutely love shooting landscapes if I go hiking somewhere or traveling. Uh, that I love doing too. But yeah, I would probably refer to these kind of shots. Yeah, landscape more. Uh, while in the city, even if I have loads of landscape in the foreground, I try to sort of focus because I like shooting from far away and always getting a unique angles of um, the city skyline. So it's still, I guess, if it includes buildings, then it would be somewhat a mix of cityscape and landscape. I see. Okay. So two questions are coming in my mind now. When you say you want to shoot from from far, so I want to ask for the geeks that are listening. You know, what lens are you using? Oh, it depends. But um, uh, the lens that I have that currently is my most favorite lens. Um, uh, even even though I've just recently, about a month ago, had uh, on loan from Nikon to me because I actually work quite closely with Nikon um, oh. quite often. I'm not a Nikon ambassador just yet i hope i don't okay. know uh, but i work with them quite closely for a month they lent me uh, just to just to play and just to like see what i can create with it literally the most expensive nikon lens that you can buy new the 800 mil 5.6 it's like sixteen thousand pounds and i love the sharpness of it and i got some cool stuff with it but at the same time i hated having it why um because it was sixteen thousand pounds, oh, and it so was you're huge and heavy. Well, th that was one thing. Just I won't damage it. I um, bought special insurance for it for a for a for the duration of the time that I had mm -hmm. it. It wasn't that expensive. I was surprised that um, my insurance company quoted me only fifty pounds to insure it for well over three weeks. I had it mm -hmm. like almost a month. So that was pretty cheap for sixteen thousand pound lens. I thought. Uh, so yeah, even though it got stolen or something happened to it, it would be safe. But just being outside in London somewhere and taking it out from the backpack, putting it on the tripod, because it's not a lens that you should can help. It's huge, massive and heavy. It's literally impossible. It was just uncomfortable. It was like, I'm drawing too much attention on myself. I don't need this. Yeah. Um, and it's only 300 millimeter higher than my personal lens. That's currently my favorite lens. Uh, the 500 millimeter 5.6, not an F4, um, PF Nikon which is basically half the weight and size of the F4 version because they use some Fresnel, Fresnel or Fresnel. I don't know how to spell it. Actually, some people say Fresnel, some Fresnel. Lens technology that makes the optics smaller and lighter. So you lose a stop. It's not an F4. It's a 5.6. But yeah, it's just much more comfortable. You can I can put it in my men bag that I have, and it's still a 500 millimeter, and it's super sharp. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my favorite lens, uh, 500 millimeter. I use it on um, uh, full frame. Sometimes uh, I put a two times teleconverter on it, uh, and yeah, it works. It works brilliantly. That's the 500 f4. It is huge. Or is that the 800? That's the 800. Yes, yeah, I, I found the 800. 800. It is absolutely massive. So having that 800 for the three weeks, and then giving it back to Nikon, I was just like. Oh my God, how much I love 
my 500 pm <laughs> it is so much nicer <laughs> but, but this seems like you need an extra bag for this lens well this is the thing with the without the the, the hood screwed onto the lens i was able to just by inches without any adapters or anything squeeze this lens into my ma ma massive backpack that i have but my backpack is big it's like i think 42 liter uh mind shift backpack and it was squeezing it in from literally the bottom all the way to the top i had to like disassemble some of the compartments but i was able to put it in my backpack but still put a lens or two in that backpack and suddenly that backpack weighed a ton an absolute ton so it was brilliant the lens was amazing it was always my dream to try this lens but after having it for a while i'd be like i would never buy this lens absolutely never even if i was rich like you know filthy asian rich would never buy this <laughs> can you be filthy european rich <laughs> i guess you can you know? <laughs> that's the first time i hear that but yeah. that's the thing about because trying... of the, the, the tv show or whatever yeah <laughs> that's the thing about trying new things because you know you said it was your dream and, and if you don't try it you you can either be you know it, it's going to be still in you like oh it's my dream i couldn't accomplish it but you so yeah. you tried this like okay no thanks <laughs> i'm happy with 400 this is the thing. i've once had i think it was on top gear um you know top gear yeah right um i think it was james or someone who said um, that when they were young, they had a photo on their wall as a child or like a big poster of a, I can't remember what it was, Lamborghini Countach, I think. One of the, like, all the Lamborghinis, but they, they already they looked like epic, you know, out of their times, futuristic. And he always thought that one day he might, might want that car. And then when he, as, as Top Gear, did as a review of, of that car, he absolutely hated it because it was like not comfortable. The seats were dreadful. He said there was no suspension almost whatsoever because it's a sport car. There was no aircon, no radio. He he was like he couldn't reverse it. He was complaining terribly about the car. And then he said he should have never driven that car because it literally ruined his childhood dream. Mm, that's why they say you should never meet your idols. Yeah, in a way. So, like, I should have never shot with that lens, in a way, <laughs> because it kind of ruined the, the most expensive lens money can buy uh, that is a dream lens. Actually, I, I would not want it. Uh, mm. and, and even if I was asked, like, oh, you know, have it on loan, you know, again, I'd be like, I'll be fine with my 500. It's good enough. You know, seriously, it's the weirdest thing I could ever, you know, say, I think. I think, I mean, I don't know. Your, your photos look great, even though 500 is still a really yeah. good one. I had 400. Exactly, I had, yeah. Yeah, I have 400, and I can imagine 500 can give you a really decent decent thing. Um, so, as well as that 500 accepts a two-times teleconverter, and I've checked it extensively, and um, I can shoot at the 1,000 millimeter. Then the 5.6 becomes F11, but everything is still sharp. So you just need to, you know, do a longer exposure or raise the ISO. Mm. And you still get amazing quality. So, and the teleconverter is like this, tiny. Mm. You know, it doesn't add any weight. So, I'd always rather shoot with this than the 800. But yeah, the 800 is not meant for, for things like I do anyway. The 800 is for wildlife photographers or sports photographers, you know, that stand in one place for the whole duration of the event and they just move the camera on the tripod. They don't move about. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, since you specialize in London, my next question is, can you give us two, three, four locations that are easy to access? Because I know sometimes you get access to these rooftops that usually people don't get access to. Can you give us yeah. some easy to access spots that, you know, everybody can go and just take a nice shot? Well, I always say that, and quite a lot of people say it, I didn't come up with this um, uh, phrase, but the best things in life are free. Uh, and, and I do honestly stand by that. I think some of my best uh, London photos were from places that anyone can go to. It's either hills or, or streets with a view of London um, that are the best for me because anytime you go to out of the skyscrapers that even some of them have a free viewing gallery, mm -hmm. uh, not just for residents, but just for, for the public, you're basically missing out on seeing this skyscraper or you're already in the middle of a skyscraper cluster. So you can't really take whole of London in unless you take a 360 photo. While I like to go far away out of London, at least a few miles, to capture the whole skyline beautifully. Okay. So places that I recommend that are off the beaten path aren't that popular yeah. uh, because if you Google it, you'll come up with uh, hundreds of uh, blogs that recommend most likely the 10 most popular spots. So if I were to choose three spots that people might not know of, uh, first one, my personal favorite is uh, Shooter's Hill. It's not a park, not a hill. Well, it is a hill, but it's just an area in London. It's um, east of Greenwich, uh, residential area. There's loads of houses there, but there's streets um, that are at an angle and between the streets where the houses go down on the left and right literally you can see loads of streets that have a fantastic view um, of london and where the hill is positioned you sort of got a merge of uh, the city cluster right next to canary wharf cluster and it all forms a nice long skyline so shooters hill uh, there's loads of cool roads in shooters hill one can find uh, would be my first choice um, Second fun, choice. Fun fact, fun fact. I used to live around that area. Did you? Yeah. Okay, so you know Shooters Hill well. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I wouldn't say well, but I know what you mean because we've been going, even some buses when they go like that, you know, up and yeah, down, yeah, you yeah, see yeah. some small narrow you streets. You see a cracking view. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can yeah, get on nice Shooters view. Hill Road, right next to when you go past a Red Lion pub or something like that, I think. Oh, Red Lion is... Oh, I that, used to live just next to that pub. All right, so that's where the bus goes down towards um, towards Greenwich. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, and that, that's the amazing view. on one of That's on the main street. But if you want to go a little bit further up, uh, my favorite uh, road there is called Occupation Lane. Cracking view from there. Absolutely oh, cracking. It? So, yeah, even if you ever check out your old place where you used to live, go to Occupation Lane. Junction with Shrewsbury Lane. Okay, we, we should be taking notes, everybody. That, that's, the, <laughs> that's the spot. Um, second place yeah. that I really, really like um, is uh, Norwood Hill. Um, it's almost like same distance from central London, uh, Norwood Park. It's same distance from, from central London, but south, uh, like Parliament Hill is. But Parliament Hill is obviously everyone knows that and it's yeah. always crowded. There's lots mm -hmm. of tourists. And even once when I went with three of 
four frames and every one of us like time lapses had like two tripods each um we were kicked out by the warden saying that this is professional equipment this is a royal park you're not allowed to shoot professionally here without permission and we were like you're kidding me right this is an open <laughs> park and he says if you do not pack and leave in five minutes i will call the police oh dear but we didn't want to cause any fuss and we just packed and went but that really put me off shooting in parliament hill some of my time lapses you know for a while i've only been the first time just recently about two months ago in like the last two years uh, so yeah going back Norwood hill amazing park cracking views um whole skyline of london and you're shooting also with the sun so if you if you go there on a like midday the sun is behind you and it's illuminating all the buildings in front so that's quite unique while in places like parliament hill and primrose hill you're always shooting against the sun pretty much the the, the buildings are never with the sun so that's adding a very very um unique view i believe um a good thing third place third yeah. place um a place that i've just uh, also recently discovered uh we're talking huge distance from london at least something like probably 14 15 miles um havering country park um it's uh northeast of london sort of more of a east side um not far off the uh london orbital m25 so it is quite a distance uh from central london but the alignment of um sort of landscape that you've got uh in in the foreground but the skyline at the background is absolutely fantastic i went there recently to shoot the supermoon that was meant to be setting across the uh, city skyline but just as it entered my frame at and i was shooting it at 1000 millimeters that's where clouds appeared and it was like just no. coming in and out of clouds so it just didn't work out but if it did it would have been epic because from that distance away when the moon would be setting the size of the moon would literally be the size of pretty much the tallest skyscraper in the in the city cluster it would be that huge so it would be pretty much encompassing the whole skyline when it would be setting yeah. but yeah it didn't work so yeah better luck next month for me <laughs> <laughs> so is, is that roughly the view that you're getting from there so yeah that that's shooter's hill yes that's shooter's hill it says that's shooter's no 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 wait wait wait. it says hovering oh that's hovering country park yeah, yeah yeah sorry similar view from shooter's hill but just slightly different alignment yeah yeah so this is a view of uh canary wharf but this is only a narrow view because you can see literally the whole skyline from the o2 all the way to the right you've got then shard and the city cluster everything oh, so this is only a part of the view you're getting okay because i didn't find many photos of the skyline look there's a there isn't the, indeed there isn't um i probably have one somewhere on my on my feed from a long time ago but yeah it is it is indeed a, a smashing view however it needs to be a nice day visibility mm. needs to be really clear I have a friend who really got into shooting moons. Um, I don't know how, if you usually shoot moons, but she, she got really excited about these, waking up early, going like uh, shooting moons, remote controls, and it's, she got really, really into that. Okay, well, these are really good locations. I mean, I'm not sure if I'm going to go to the country park because 
far away <laughs> but the other one is quite far away yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay and and my last question is do you have a favorite photo that you have taken sorry could you repeat that sorry. yes my last question is do you have a, a favorite, favorite photo, photo? A, a favorite photo or oh, no i don't think any photographer has um yeah it's like he... it's like asking me which is your favorite <sighs> child right <laughs> pretty much yeah um i i have my favorites of the month i have my favorites probably of the year but i don't think i could just pinpoint one bottle that is my favorite well recently i well three months ago i shot a moon rise a super moon rising from a unique location all the way from axbridge uh, rising just above central London and technically and and visually it's it's something that um, even when I made the vlog about it I just just thought that I will never ever again shoot something this epic uh, because the conditions were perfect I was so far away wow. yet had so clear visibility that it was just just unique um, but the buildings are as sharp as they can get from that distance because we're talking something like 20 miles, I think, that I shot it from. Moon was huge. The rise was stunning. It's probably my coolest time lapse. But is it my most favorite photo, even if I took the one photo from the time lapse? I don't know. This, uh, yeah, the one on the left, yeah, of the oh, yeah, my feed a moment ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I See, it's technically uh, uh, one of my favorite ones. But at the same time, it, it's probably not my favorite photo if I just were to pick one photo. But it's so this is from this is actually the next day from Primrose Hill. But the previous um, one was, uh, yeah, from that other spot. So this okay. is a time lapse shot the day after. If you have a check, I think one post earlier to this, the this one, one bottom left corner. This yeah, one? if that's a real, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is just a photo. Yeah. yeah, this is just a photo. So, so probably you're I've talking about this I've never seen this. This one probably is the real. Yeah, I've never shot a time lapse this epic. But at the same time, it's not my best photo. It's not my most favorite photo. But how the moon rose and how huge it was, mm. was my personal best, probably. Because if you're that far away, usually the buildings on the horizon are barely visible, barely distinguishable and definitely don't have that much detail so so this is probably my coolest moonrise time lapse but not my favorite photo so yeah it's I quite see. difficult to pinpoint something <laughs> as a favorite photo well it's well i don't know i mean it, it's really eye-pleasing i can say really, really yes yeah I, I do like it definitely <laughs> All right, great. Well, that that was that was fantastic. Uh, do you have any closing statement or wish or whatever it is, something that you want to say at the end or not really? Um, your audience uh, or anyone who's into uh, time lapse architecture, um, some travel from time to time, maybe soon, hopefully again, and London related things. Uh, maybe you can check out my uh, YouTube because I'm putting way more work there compared to my Instagram. Um, Instagram's not been my favorite app lately uh, for many reasons, which probably is another podcast altogether. So yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely put more work into my YouTube channel. 
So um, if someone likes my content, then hopefully they'll like, for example, a series on my YouTube channel that's called uh, Best Views In, where I do videos about an area and find my favorite locations in that particular area because mm. that's better and more detailed rather than doing just one video about Best Views in London and just covering everything in one video, which is impossible. Yeah. Hence, I've got more than 15 videos about different small pockets of London and literally finding the best views in that part of London. That sounds like a great uh, series, all the photographers or people who want some great shots, let's really check it out. Um, just a last question exactly. just came out in my mind. Do you do sure. time lapses with your phone ever? I do. Yeah, I have. Uh, and um, there are certain situations where it would be physically impossible or commercially uh, not possible to shoot with, with a camera. Um, one example that springs to my mind was um, when I was traveling through Germany and I was in this uh, town called Wuppertal where they have, I think, the only one in Europe um, long working suspended monorail as a, a transport system with, I think, 14 stations. So it's not like a thing that you see at theme parks, two stations, you know, from the car park to a theme park. Actually, one huge line connecting multiple sort of towns in Germany has a working standard mode of transport monorail going through the city centers. And um, because I wouldn't be able to like connect my camera to the front uh, area and just put all my lens kits and everything, I decided to shoot with my phone. Um, it's actually a video that I'm planning to do on YouTube uh, to show which app I'm using for my iPhone to create time lapses that are miles better than the standard time lapse up in the camera, which I always um, not recommend to anyone. Um, there's this app I can tell you now called Moment that does something to time lapse, which is called the motion blur that no other app for the iPhone does. So it, you know how the, um, if you take a live photo, you can swipe up. Yeah. And then you scroll to the right and there's a long exposure mode. Yeah, okay. It took the 30 photos and blended them into a long exposure. Pretend long long exposure. Okay. And that's what the other app does in time lapse. It literally shoots 30 photos every second, blends them as you go, and every frame of your time lapse with just your phone, with no filters whatsoever, looks like every shot was taken at long exposure and it's really smooth. Mm. Okay, but I think we can list that app in the description. There you go. Yeah, I've got no affiliation with that app. Anyway, it's just an app I recommend. It's so, right. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, hopefully, maybe we get something with the app. Maybe we get something with Nikon anytime in the future. But whatever it is, I mean, I'm sure you're going to, you know, we're going to do great because, as I say, you're a nice person. Your content is great. I mean, you're going to succeed. You're already succeeding. Michael, it's, it's a great Thank pleasure. You. It's, yeah, no problem. I'm just saying pleasure what I see. Pleasure being on your podcast too, Pavel. <laughs> I'm just saying what I see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great pleasure. Thanks so much for joining in. And I'm looking forward to uh, see you in person once again in the near future. When we can finally meet up. Are you, are you coming to the uh, social in about two weeks? What? Two weeks social? There's, there's a travel social. Yeah, it's like a, a meetup in a, in, a, in a pub or bar. I don't know. Oh, like a small event. Maybe we can event. do that. First, we can do that, first yeah. live event they're doing. Yeah, I'll be there. So yeah, we oh. can definitely come join for a beer. Great, cool. great. Okay, <laughs> see you later then. <laughs> cool, see you later. Bye-bye.
And that's a wrap for yet another travel episode. Thank you so much for listening to the whole thing. If you have listened to that on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. That will mean a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to me. Also, if you have a friend, a cousin, or a teacher, or anybody else who you think will be suitable for this series, please connect us and let's make this happen. Thanks so much once again. I wish you a fantastic day.